It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. I want to welcome in our guest for the 7 o'clock hour, State Senator Brent Howard from District 38. Good morning. Good morning, Todd. Good morning, listeners. So good to talk to you again. It's It's been a long time. Uh, of course, uh, Senator Howard serves Beckham, Greer, Harmon, Jackson, Kiowa, Tillman, and Washita County, where I grew up. And I, I cannot believe that here we are in February. It's, it's another start of a session. And it's weird because we've had like, what, 500 special sessions since you guys uh, got out <laughs> last year? I think three throughout, <laughs> yes, somewhere in there. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, of course, with the special sessions, uh, not really much happened, and, and now we're into the, the regular session. Uh, I know there was definitely some, some disagreement uh, between uh, especially Senator Treat, right, on why we even needed to have that special session last week uh, for a possible tax cut. What What was your feeling on that whole thing? Was that a waste? Uh, yeah, I believe so. It, it's especially just kind of one week before we go into regular session and three weeks before we were to get final numbers from the Board of Equalization on the amount of actual you know, projected revenue and amount of expenditure for the state. Uh, really, I think having the facts and the numbers is something that we need to look at when we're talking about the long-term impact of any tax cut. And the priority for tax cut will still be there for this regular session. So um, the the call for one week before I I don't think was necessarily thought out for the policy reasons, but I know that the politics behind it is what what was the main push. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Did it was it more of a political stunt it, it it seems like senator trent or treat excuse me and the governor and then even sometimes on the house side uh mccall uh, even though we're all in the same party uh, sometimes are at loggerheads over things like this yes uh i believe that you know in my heart of hearts the there are different factions within the party and that the reasons for trying to put up the vote here before session started was to get momentum for one faction over the other um, to to push before this filing season starts uh, in mid-April. So I think that it's, uh, again, the political push on this was more than the policy push. But as you mentioned, obviously you're in regular session now, so if uh, there is an appetite for tax cuts, and it sounds like uh, definitely a lot of people feel that way. That's something that could happen. What has been the focus, though, this first week so far? Uh, you know, it's been so busy this first week. I don't know where to say the, the single most focus is. Um, if I had to, at least on the Senate side, we've changed around our budget process. That was one of the calls that the governor called us to in, in the second special session for this past year was a call to make the budget process more transparent. The, the Senate, although there was not any inaction of legislation, the Senate took that to heart, and we have had uh, public meetings. I'm chair of a subcommittee for public safety and judiciary, 
which is roughly a billion dollars uh, across 14 agencies, Department of Corrections, Department of Public Safety, uh, DA's Council, all the courts, um, et cetera. And so we have been having a lot of hearings. We've had a lot of discussions. Uh, I've had uh, all of the agencies that are under my purview, their directors back in my office, and we've been talking about what their expenditures are for that. Uh, I think that kind of overall that's been the main one, uh, at least for me, trying to really dig into the budget part of it. And I know that a lot of my uh, Senate colleagues, especially those that are chairs of those subcommittees, um, have been talking about the additional work with us having uh, the process going to be through hearings. Uh, overall, though, whenever I think about the people that have been at the Capitol, um, Monday there was a protest about pro-Palestinian protest while the state of the state was going on. Whenever we walked from the Senate chamber to the House chamber to, to join the joint session, uh, I want to say there was about 65 to 75 protesters there protesting Israel's uh, right to defend itself against the Palestinians. Um, also, there were a few people related that were pro-Israel that were um, kind of doing counter-protests, but not near as many as that. Did the Palestinian people come from, uh, like, Harvard or Columbia <laughs> University? Did they bust them in? I find it hard to believe there's that many people that support uh, what happened in Israel uh, here in Oklahoma. I I don't know. My joke on it is they, they're fighting the occupation, and I, I said, well, I guess they're fighting all occupations because a lot of them seem unemployed and <laughs> don't have better things to do on a Monday than, than protest a, a rightful war that's happening 1,000 miles away, well, well I guess about 15,000 miles away, and are protesting at a state government when it's uh, federal funding. So Exactly. Uh, I, I don't know what the basis was for it. Um, and then we've had a couple of pro-life days as well. Um, Rose Day was yesterday, which is organized by Oklahomans for Life. Uh, but on Tuesday, there were uh, part of the Free the States and the abolitionists that were there at the Capitol. And then also we had homeschool. Appreciation Day was also on Tuesday. So there's already been quite a few people um, among the halls of the Capitol building, and, and we've had an opportunity to talk with a lot of constituents through those three days. Higher Ed Day is today. <laughs> um, so we'll have representatives from Southwestern up there. Uh, I think I'm, Dr. Lovell is, I don't know how many ch kids she said she was bringing up. But plan on meeting with them and having lunch and uh, WOSC as well. Cameron have reached out, and I know that schools all the way across uh, will want to meet with their representatives and Senate members. So uh, it just really runs the gamut. <laughs> We're talking with State Senator uh, Brent Howard, talking about the first week of the legislative session. As you mentioned, uh, people are coming up, uh, especially from state agencies and other entities, uh, you know, knowing that there is some money in the budget this year, and obviously everybody uh, wants to get a piece of that. And then we had the governor say in a state of the state address that he's recommending kind of a, a flat budget this year. What are you, What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, 
many thoughts. Let me think about how to articulate them. I, there's still the need for core services. I agree on that. I, I know that um, as you're, until you actually dig in, you think there's always some fat that can be trimmed. There's um, instances where you've had bad customer service. You want to make sure that those agencies uh, respond to what their constituents need or what the, the citizens' needs actually are. I can tell you, though, I mean, having dug into public safety, judiciary, uh, the governor also said that we are a law and order state. and We're going to continue to, to back the blue. He didn't say back the blue, but he did say law and order state and that we're going to honor and the laws and then have criminal proceedings that are in there. But again, I'm looking at a billion dollar budget. I have about a hundred million dollars in requests that go across the, you know, trooper pay raise, trying to equalize, trying to include more academies. Uh, our DA's council has about $18 million in additional needs whenever you're talking about them trying to retain uh, quality prosecutors, even being able to hire new ones, uh, keeping ones there for more than two years before they uh, abscond to the, the private sector or get hired by the tribes to be prosecutors and or um, you know, just general attorneys there. Uh, OSBI, that's our lead investigatory body, uh, their buildings infested with mold, whether they need a new building or about $8 million in rehabilitation on their own. So, uh, and, and all of this, as we're looking at the, the number of employees that the, the state employs uh, in 2015, 2016, we had almost 38,000 right now here in 2024, or well off the 2023 numbers, we're operating with about 35,000. So we have cut the size of government over the last 10 years. The amount has gone up has really just been related to the inflationary and the costs that go along are associated with uh, the, the cost of living and cost of programs, the the AI programs and computer programs that OSBI needs right now to track internet crimes and where people are doing child pornography and the trafficking is so much more expensive than what they had to do 10 years ago. So I think that everybody, I mean, I'm happy to talk with anybody in depth on this about where money needs to go. I, I agree that we are probably building up too much savings and we need to look at how that is analyzed and get that money back into taxpayers' pockets. But to just say we need a tax cut for the sake of tax cut without looking at the needs of even just the law and order side, um, I think, again, gets into the politics side of it more than the policy side and, and the actual service to our, our constituents. It certainly is a balancing act, and I don't envy you because obviously uh, people see the money that we have and that we've saved and say, hey, let's spend that. Revenue is good, but yet you want to save for that rainy day, and, and, and we've seen that in the past, so it's good to have uh, the savings. But at the same time, uh, people are you know doing their taxes. Like, I just I went ahead and paid my, ta my state tax this week, by the way. I just want you to know. I didn't wait till April. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and pay it now so I don't forget about it. But it would be nice to have a little bit more in our pocket. But I don't think people get completely upset 
if they know that their needs are being met and that we're using it for something good and not just waste, right? Yeah, or just a savings account to sit on for the sake of a savings account. I uh, I don't disagree with that, um, and and I really do think that you know the Senate has not been stonewalling. We've been the deliberative body, deliberative body. Uh, maybe a little too deliberative if you want to get into the the politics of it. But whenever we have the Board of Equalization numbers on February 15th, I think we're going to have um, – no, I don't think. We're going to have a policy that next week that we're going to put forward as to where we think it is. Uh, you know, the special session is limited to just a call for a quarter percent tax income tax cut. The Senate, our leadership is still very much in favor of a grocery tax, the sales tax cut for the state side of that. So I think that that, and as I'm out in meetings, not just my own thoughts, but uh, that is really what's asked for by more of the constituents because they see that on a direct basis whenever they pull out their cash or their credit card to make their purchases. Well, that, that's encouraging to that, hear. Um, so the grocery tax is not dead, even though it didn't happen last time. That is correct. And, you know, one of the things as I was um, in our meeting with our budget, our, our pre-chair budget meeting, um, before going into the full appropriations committee, we were discussing some of those policies. You know, one of the, one of the grocery taxes that was under consideration last year um, had would remove the state portion. And then there was a prevention for two years for any city to increase their sales tax uh, to sop up or, you know, capture some of that, that um, removal of the state level. Well, with the way it was written, it actually would have prevented Oklahoma city from even being able to run their, keep the thunder sales tax because it wasn't specific as to just trying to recapture grocery tax. It was against any sales tax. Oh, wow. So uh, again, we got to look at not just how this language looks on paper, but what it's going to look like whenever you're talking about some of these real world transactions of that, you know, improvement of downtown wouldn't even been able to be brought before the, the people of Oklahoma city because it would have been prohibited by, state law if that would have been enacted as it was written. So. Wow, interesting stuff. Uh, Talking with State Senator Brent Howard on the Southwest Air and Heat Hotline, uh, what about bills personally that you're uh, introducing this session? Well, I'm getting my first controversial bill heard today in uh, energy and telecom, and it's going to be related to water usage. So Oklahoma surface water is owned by the state. I mean, that's been established I think, since the Constitution in early days. And groundwater is owned by the individuals with each property. Um, they own the groundwater under their, their surface. Um, in that, though, the groundwater can be regulated by the state. And so I've had a, a pretty big coalition of farmers, at least in the, the southern part of my area, as well as I've talked to the Panhandle Irrigators Association, and their concern is, you know, the groundwater is is being used up um, for the for my Lake Altus irrigation district. 
the farmers down in mine, you can see that water dried up because uh, Lake Altus is empty. Now, how that relates to groundwater is the amount of recharge. You have to fill up the ground basically before water starts really being able to run off. You know, fill up the ground, fill up the pond, and then the rivers start filling up the lakes. For the panhandle irrigators, you know, they're dipping into the portion of the Ogallala that goes under the Oklahoma panhandle. And they talk about how they used to have their wells, the, the drill stem, um, or the straw, if you will, was down at about 450 feet. Now they're having to expand those wells, put in an 8-inch pipe that's down to about 800 feet instead of being able to reach enough water, which is the 6-inch at 450. So uh, coming back to my bill, we've worked with some of these irrigators and the Water Resources Board. Water Resources Board is what would oversee this and, and regulate that groundwater usage. But they haven't, they don't have any investigators. Basically the reports of how much you take out, they just have to, to trust it. So um, as I was talking with somebody that was bantering with me on it yesterday, um, it's like, yes, you know, we can require metering, but I can also require speedometers in every vehicle. And if you just tell me you're always doing 55, I just have to trust it. No, we have highway patrol and we have police out there that also monitor. So we're putting a little bit of teeth. We're putting some agents behind that that will do some spot checks and some other investigations to make sure that you're allocated two acre feet of water and you're not using more than that because you're harming all of your other neighbors. You're harming everybody that's a part of that groundwater basin if you take more for your own personal use. And from what I understand, so there's far? there's an addendum onto that uh, prohibiting the use of pride flags to mark where the water is, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just, that's another bill. out there. It, it affects the cows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, any other uh, bill that uh, you're really hoping to push through that's important to you so somehow you kind of get pigeonholed whenever you um, take on an issue early on and I've, I've got three of those pigeonholes that I'm in um, <clears throat> ag related judiciary related the other one is uh, somehow I got put into open meetings related so <laughs> still trying to do some updates on that making requirements that all of these agencies now have the ability to do uh, simulcasting to have their meetings not just held within a room that holds 15 people and you have to actually travel to Miami, Oklahoma to, to be a part of it. So we're trying to make that <clears throat> if you, you, know, you have the ability to broadcast that, you need to put that up there and it needs to be cast at the same time that you're having that meeting. So anybody that's interested in what that public body is doing, um, is able to view that, uh, how that all goes in. So still still working on Open Meetings Act. And then the other one that I've has been lumped in on that that I've become, I guess, the, the sole Senate person to discuss is anything related to data privacy and data breaches. So I have two bills. If a company is storing data or collecting or, you know, has your credit card from the time that you bought something online with them, and then they have a breach of their security to where an Oklahoman's information has been stolen, how that's going to be reported and how the Oklahoma 
attorney general's office can investigate is one of my bills. And then another one is related to what is actually stored and what you have as an Oklahoman the right to have have it deleted, have it told to you what is being kept and um, and and where that's tracked. So uh, that's a data privacy bill. I have both of those. And hopefully we'll be hearing those and being able to advance them in the next two weeks. All right. Well, a busy, busy time for you. But, uh, Senator, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, checking in with us. And, and thanks for fighting hard for the folks of Western Oklahoma. Well, thank you, Todd. If anybody uh, needs to reach out, come up to the Capitol. Always happy to have the door open for a constituent. Uh, if you just want to reach out, I am up there most of the time. So give a call to 405-521-5612. And leave your Palestinian flag at home. So, <laughs> Senator Howard, thank you so much for your time. God bless you, sir. All right. Thank you. That is State Senator Brent Howard on the Southwest Air and Heat Hotline, our guest this morning on The Right Time for Western Oklahoma. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.